Running your business in today's world is complicated and overwhelming. Until now, How Easy provides business people with all the tools to transition your existing business to a fully digitally automated enterprise platform. CRM, managing your marketplace, building websites, mobile apps, and scheduling social media posts all in one software platform. Integrate affiliate products into your business for additional revenue. How Easy has a special stimulus offer where you get 13 critical software packages in one place for just $50 per month. Go to HowEasy.com now. That's How Easy with two Y's. You're going to want to quarantine yourself for this one. It's Mikey J on KGUP Presents. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's time to see Mikey J. Mikey J. Are you f***ing with me? That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Rising Sun and Rabbit Hole by Jaguar Jones, which brings us to our next guest here on KGUP Presents. She is one of the most talented artists on the rise. You might recognize her from the cover of Style Magazine or from her fantastic live performance at the 2020 Eurovision competition, or you might know her from her award-winning song, Beijing Baby. Introducing Dina Lynch of Jaguar Jones. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, first of all, congratulations on your recognition at the Australian Eurovision Song Competition earlier this year. You didn't move on to the 2020 Eurovision finals. I think, you know, you being selected as a top three is a huge accolade. Uh, personally, I think they got it wrong, but, you know, that's just me because I'm a little biased. <laughs> because, you know, you're... Uh you're on the station of course <laughs> thank you and that's what matters you know as long as i'm here that's it that's all i want right it's almost like a win because you got to perform in front of thousands of people and then there was like millions of people watching from home so what did you take from that experience i learned so much i have never performed on live tv before and i've never even had the luxury of uh lights and um, set design and even like in-ear monitors and so every single bit of that performance was such a huge learning curve for me and it was so much fun. The people were amazing. The whole experience is something I'll never forget and I still can't believe it was at the start of this same year. Like I just, it just feels like a whole different year already. Yeah, it does. I mean, I watched that video and um, it, it was so like surreal how different it is from, what was it, in February? Yeah, February. Yeah, and then March came, kind of wiped everything out, and now we're fast forwarded five months later, and it just seems like a whole different lifetime. It feels like 
another planet. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of leads me up to how we discovered you in the first place because you were originally were booked for a show at the satellite in Los Angeles and we were all geared up to go on location and we were going to try to get you as a guest on our TV show for season two, which would have aired in April. But as you know, COVID-19 happened and the rest is history. It's so crazy. <laughs> It's so crazy. I was looking forward to my first US tour so much and I had worked so hard to put it together and to get myself over there and for yeah. that to happen was like, uh, you could have thought like it was written out of soap opera series. Like I would have never expected that. Right? It's like a really like horrific, you know, horror movie. It, it's really like bad TV writing. You know what I mean? Like if someone dropped that script to me, I'd just be like, yeah, all right, go home and try another plot. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, so not only was the show canceled, tell our listeners what else happened to you after the show in New York. Well, I did actually get to do three shows in New York. And instead of uh, being in the US for six weeks, I was oh. there for one. And um, I left with a souvenir. <laughs> um, and I brought COVID-19 home and got very unwell um, I was in hospital for 40 days um, and quarantined for two months. And I'm talking to you now from hotel quarantine as I slowly make my way back home because um, my flight from LA uh, into Australia went to a different state. So I spent my whole year uh, in a place recovering without family and friends um, uh, where like in a place that I don't live in at all. So now that I've um, slowly making my way back home, I've had to also do a hotel quarantine here. So yeah, having COVID-19 definitely was a big blow. I was uh, very, very unwell. Um, and despite like media perception and um, what people may perceive COVID-19 to be, it, it got me really good. And I'm only in my 20s. So um yeah, it was unexpected. Wow. We're very grateful that you pulled through and got healthy again. I mean, that's crazy to me that you were in quarantine for so long and you were kept away from your family. I mean, even if I was at home in my state, I'd still be kept away from family and friends anyway. Right. So I tried to look at it that way. Um, it just made things a little difficult and it was definitely very isolating as well. And, you know, it's not only that you're, you're dealing with career anxiety as well as our music industry just got completely decimated um, and a lot of uncertainty and anxiety. So it was it was a pretty rough year, but I've definitely pulled through from it with um, fortitude and resilience and find the silver linings in everything. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I mean, the, the music industry is still recovering and we don't even know if any of these venues are going to come back, which is uh, very yeah, unfortunate. It's so unfortunate and it's really sad. And the, and the hard thing is like, we don't even know if it's ever going to get back to where it was or when it will, if it does. So right. I feel for a lot of venues who are just, you know, toughing it out, trying to survive in these uncertain times. Yeah. So, you know, ever since that happened, you know, where you were supposed to have that show, we, you know, we've been steadily watching your career, you know, even though you were in quarantine, where we we're still like watching your videos, and you still released Rising Sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in the midst, midst of all that, you still released the I, song. 
<laughs> I felt like everything was taken from me and everything was out of my control. And the only thing I had in my control was my debut EP. And yeah. it was like um, my driving force in hospital. Like I actually released all of that in the back of an ambulance, which was unexpected. <laughs> what? Um, and, you know, I just felt like, you know, um, it gave me purpose. It gave me something to do every day. Um, it gave me something to look forward to as well. And so I just thought, why would I postpone this? It's my only consistency at the moment. So I'm going to go ahead and do what I need and want. Wow. I can only imagine. I mean, having a release and then being sick at the same time, it probably helped speed up your recovery. It definitely um, gave me something to like do. <laughs> gave me something to like get up and um yeah, just uh, I get out of my head, really, um, yeah. in all honesty. So uh, I think it was a bit of a saving grace for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, talk about that song. W describe what uh, Rising Sun was about. <laughs> Rising Sun, I guess it's kind of uh, fitting, um, but a lot of my songs on the rest of the EP was exploring my vulnerable side. And I think Rising Sun was the invulnerable side to me where I um, had come to terms with a lot of my trauma and um, my backstory and um, I've gotten myself out of toxic situations and I've gone, hello, <laughs> this is the formidable uh, Jaguar Jones um, and um, here it is in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Does the rest of your music have that same kind of theme about the, the struggles? Well, the other songs are definitely more intimate and raw and personal and mm. vulnerable. Rising Sun still is, but it's more just like uh, the fierceness, the strength and um, the ferociousness that I need to bring out of myself more and more. Very nice. Uh, now, obviously, Rising Sun is one of my fa personal favorite songs. You know, there's something very captivating about it. So when you start watching it, you just can't tear your eyes away from it. Um, whose idea was behind the creation of that video? I'll tell you a funny backstory. Um, I was actually at the dress rehearsals for Eurovision. And I always had rising, I was recording Rising Sun at the time and um, sitting at the dress rehearsals of Eurovision. And I had this idea for a music video the whole time for Rising Sun, which was like a big circle behind me. Mm. Um, but I was seeing it in a different way. And I was watching one of the other contestants do their dress rehearsal. And, you know, they um, pushed out her set and she started singing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that set, that set is what I want for Rising Sun. Like, that is exactly what I had imagined. And so I did the whole sneaky, like, what are you guys doing after Eurovision <laughs> with that set? <laughs> and they're like, well, it's just going to the tip. Like um, it's just like a custom piece for this TV show and that's it. And I was like, well, can I somehow give it another life before it goes in the bin? Um, sorry. I don't know what you got in the rubbish. I don't know what you guys call it. But, <laughs> um, oh, I'm aware of what bin and, means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and they were just like, yeah, if you pay for the labor and the truck, we'll bring it to you um, and then take it out as well. And you can film with it and do whatever you want to it as well. So I brought in this set and on the day we just painted it black and 
changed it up. We added another platform, which was the rotating platform. And I had the vision of Rising Sun music video come true. And I couldn't believe I was able to do that. (laughs) Wow. When you look at the making of it and you actually watch the video of just the scenes itself, it's very simplistic, but it's it's so very well done. Thank you. Who was the director on that video? Director was Rabal Hossin. Um, He's actually my partner. Um, And so we did uh, Rabbit Hole as well and Rising Sun together. Um, And it's, I guess it's our first two videos where we are working together. So it's definitely like a push and pull battle sometimes, but so worth it because we understand what each other's vision is. And I can go and explain to him what I'm seeing and what I want in the most like confusing language ever. And he'll come back to me being like, I get it. (laughs) Rabbit Hole is a very interesting video as well. I mean, you guys did such a great job on the, the live performance version of that song and the video was basically the same thing only just a very narrow vision of it but the the stage and platform that was created for your vision was kind of like a massive extension of it and you guys did a really awesome job thank you i actually ended up on the show because someone else pulled out so i I was in there by luck yeah and um so uh, everyone had a lot more time to prepare while I had a month and I sat there in my creative meeting and was like I want an an extension of the rabbit hole world and I want the walls to fall down and they were just like how are we gonna do this in one month and I was like make it happen (laughs) oh my goodness but I'm actually really proud of it like I think um it's it was just such a simple idea but such a really fun one as well well, you recently did another video with him, and uh, that was Diamonds and Liquid Gold. Tell us about that video. Did you completely shoot that in isolation as well? Yeah, that was just literally like 30 minutes in our home. I was actually meant to just be doing like test shooting uh, with that for exploring some other ideas. And we shot in the 30 minutes and was like, this would actually go great um, with Diamonds and Liquid Gold. And we didn't plan for it at all. I'm not wearing any makeup. My hair is obviously unbrushed for five days because I was really unwell and just sleeping all day, every day. And you can tell just by from my actions that it's like very lethargic, very minimal, very like effortless. Um, And I just thought that whole haggard look worked. (laughs) So I went with it. Oh, man. So you guys kind of all work together in all your videos. So that's what that explains all the the similar theme. Speaking of photographers, you haven't exactly had the best experience with one photographer in particular. In fact, for the last few months, you've been spending a great deal of time posting stories about an incident that happened while you were on set working with one of these photographers. Do you care to kind of enlighten us about what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's actually very saddening. I I honestly didn't mean to create the whole momentum when I did my post. Mm. I literally felt uncomfortable, but wasn't so much like one of his more serious victims, which I've now discovered are everywhere, which is so sad. But I literally just put up a post just being like, hey, um, I'm holding space for any women who are victims of, you know, sexual assault in the music industry. And 
especially in the terms of one particular male photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know you're feeling isolated or need some uh, support, uh, my inbox is open. And I didn't really even say that much, but it was enough for every victim who had had felt so isolated for so long to realize who exactly I was talking about and come pouring in with all these stories about this one person, as well as many others from the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I just was in shock because I, I just, I knew that this person had done some wrongdoing, but like I didn't realize how predatory and how much of a pattern it truly was and for how long it had been going on for. Yeah, I'm just crushed for all the women who had had to just be silent about it. Yeah, I mean, no one should feel uncomfortable or unsafe, especially someone you're you're around someone who's supposed to be conducting themselves in a professional manner. And sad that someone who conducts themselves to be professional is hurting others, and and also negatively impacting the freelance industry as a whole. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Uh, I I think as creatives, like we go in with trust because with what we do we need to collaborate and to be able to collaborate you need to trust each other so when you go into a room together or into a studio session together and that's not just implying for photographers that's producers or songwriters or other musicians or you know um, industry meetings whatever there is trust placed into the other person and for people to abuse that power and to abuse that trust is devastating and so, so, so wrong. And it just has to stop. The, the more saddening thing about this is that the rules for defamation in Australia are really different to the rules in the US. And mm-hmm. so like you can see from all my posts that I never named him yet. Right. It was so much of a pattern that people recognize who exactly I was talking about but I could never name him um, because that puts me into trouble with the law. And that's sad because that means that a lot of victims who have suffered at the hands of, you know, so many predators aren't ever allowed to speak up about it unless it, you know, is taken to a whole different place. And to get it to that place is really difficult and really traumatic too. Right. I mean, the fact that you spoke out and so many people have messaged you, you know, it is getting the word out and people do know who he is. And, you know, maybe that'll get him off the work, making other people a victim of the same crime, you know. I really hope so. But the sad thing, the heartbreaking thing is that I've discovered that he's already changed his name once. So it's really not the first time that he's been called out. And, um, you know, now the media has named him, but they don't realize that they haven't put out his legal name at all. So I feel yeah. like I feel like my hands are a little bit tired and all I can do is really push for police efforts. But, you know, that's not something I can do myself except to just try and keep knocking on that door. Yeah, that's a real shame. Well, I certainly hope that people get more protection and there needs to be like some kind of new law or license that people have to obtain because people like yourself, I mean, we need reassurances and, you know, we need to feel safe. Definitely. The the one thing we've worked on is um, I worked on an initiative with the music industry where there's like a bit of an agreement of like how to 
behave in situations that both parties sign before they go in to collaborate together. But that doesn't, that's just like one little baby step and there's just so much more work to do and for people to realise that, um, you know, the behaviour is wrong. I think a lot of people might sit there ignorant and oblivious to their own actions and realising that, you know, and have to realise that they themselves are committing that abuse of power too. Yeah, because there's a lot of young naive people that don't know his history and you know could easily fall victim definitely and that's the scary part it's the scary part is like i have all these stories and i can't do my bit to protect people oh that's a shame well let's move on and talk about something a little more inspiring let's talk about you um what was it that enticed you to, to want to become a music artist i didn't plan on it at all. I didn't grow up doing music. I actually studied like engineering first and then business and um, was very much like a math and science person. But I guess my life turned upside down when um, my close friend passed away and I was dealing with so much depression and so much grief that for some reason I was walking home and walked past a garage sale and decided to buy a guitar. And instead of learning how to play the guitar, I just started writing songs to Mm. deal with my grief. And it became, you know, a method of catharsis for me. And that was when I stumbled accidentally into passion. Uh, I hadn't lived life with passion at all. And as soon as that lands in your lap, I couldn't run away from it anymore. And so I just turned my life around and changed it completely and decided to try going for the music industry even though I went into it really late and I feel like I'm a bit of a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well it's never too late. As a kid I mean who did you look up to as as far as music? Um, mm, It's hard. I definitely had my phases. Um, You know like the first concert I ever went to on my own without parents was Paramore (laughs) Um, and you know I had my emo stage I had my heavy metal stage I had my little like country folk stage Um, but I throughout the whole time I've always loved city and color um, since I was like you know 11 through to now and uh, I just love his transformations and the beauty he captures in his music so I'll go with that one very nice. So they did any of these music artists have any influence on you when you decided to become a music artist? Oh, I definitely think it did. Like my favorite musicians are Nick Cave, um, Portishead. Um, I love Johnny Cash as well. Nice. Uh, and I, I think that um, there are elements to them that weaves in to the music. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been in my own little world Uh, songwriting and hopefully there's a bit of my own little jaguar world that comes through in the music yeah so are you are you taking this time to while you're in quarantine or are you writing a lot still yeah i actually am it's great i brought uh with me like a little recording kit and you know life has been really chaotic for me this year and i feel like it's two weeks of me time so there's a lot of like self-care bath time 
uh, songwriting time and today is going to be a bit of a drawing day for me so it's nice it's really nice i like it <laughs> oh, very cool so what type of i mean do you listen to any music artists today any new artists that you recommend or who do you like oh i love angel olsen okay and i love sharon van edden for new artists i'm loving arlo parks as well out of the uk um, okay yeah I'm lost. <laughs> There's a few there. <laughs> yeah. So what are your plans for the rest of the year? I mean, it's kind of hard to plan when you're kind of trapped, you know? It's, um, I've actually, um, I actually recorded my second EP while I was in hospital. <laughs> um, really? And wow. it was, yeah, it was definitely very different, um, like a very different process. Like the band and I, we're never in the same room together with the CP. But I guess that's the beauty of um, technology and mm -hmm. the world we live in right now. And um, I was, I had all this music, you know, in me while I was under the weather and I decided to do something with it. So I am going to be releasing a few singles this year. Very cool. So finally with COVID-19, you're actually a living, breathing survivor what are your thoughts on how we can get back to normal if, if that's even possible? <laughs> well, I don't know what my thoughts are on how to get this back to normal, but my two cents would be, uh, depending on where you live and the situation that's around you, follow those restrictions, follow the quarantining rules. Um, you may feel like you're the exception, but you so easily, you know, cannot be at all. You, yeah. So, like, I just think protect the community and quarantine for a little bit, suffer a little bit by having to have your lifestyle changed. But it's all worth it in the long run because um, if we work together on it, then we can squash this little virus down and move on with our lives. That's easier said than done. But, you know, where I live, I just see a lot of people complaining all the time about how they can't go to their local pub um, or go see their friends. And I just think mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't want five weeks in hospital or you don't want your loved ones in ICU. Just bear with it for a little bit. And I know it can be hard, but just try and be proactive about looking after your mental health and think about the community. Yeah. Well, we have to really take what you you are, are saying because you're, you're living proof that anybody can get it. And you don't have to be young or, or old or, or anything. You, you, it can just happen to anybody. It can definitely happen to anybody. And, you know, I'm in my 20s and the media perception is that you don't get that sick as a 20-something-year-old. But I am a healthy person and I really struggled with the virus. So, you know, if, it, if look after the community, but also realize that it can uh, really affect yourself as well. Yeah. And plus, if you bring it home, you know, you could infect other other people in your family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, before we close this out, how can people find your music? Um, it's easy to find on all your favorite streaming platforms. <laughs> um, and all you have to do, <laughs> I'm just saying this like an ad, <laughs> um, just type in Jaguar Jones and Jones is spelt j-o-n-z-e and jaguar is exactly how you think it is as the animal so yeah very nice well before we go um how did you come up with that name um it's a funny one i'm a really sentimental creature and so i was um performing my first few gigs 
just under my own name as Dina and my friends came and watched me and same with some fans. And I don't know, like for some reason they started calling me Jaguar Jones um, (laughs) as like a alter ego name because they were just like, when you're on that stage, you're a whole different person to what you are like in real life. And I feel like it's like this person that exists within you but just comes out with confidence um, when you're with the guitar in front of a microphone and singing on stage. And so it became this kind of like joke thing where I was called Jaguar Jones on stage and Dina Lynch in real life. Um, (laughs) And when I was thinking about a name for my music, I was churning through all these different names and I was like, this is so contrived because I'm just thinking up ideas that I think sounds good and means nothing to me. And then Jaguar Jones popped in my head and I was like, yeah, this was given to me. So I'm going to roll with it. And I love it. And I just changed the last, um, the Jones spelling and went with it. Very cool. Well, that's a great way to end the show. Thank you so much for coming on here. It was an honor and absolute pleasure to have you as a guest. I just want to wish you. Thank you so much want to wish you the very best and hopefully you'll stay healthy and i hope everyone discovers your amazing music and does everything they can to support you thank you so much for supporting me i really really appreciate it and i've always noticed it as well even though i never got to play for you guys in la but thank you for having my back and for listening and for having me on the show no problem let me maybe something will change and and you'll be able to come back out here and you know, it'll be <laughs> under different circumstances. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to make that happen. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, you have a great day. Enjoy your, your solitude and, and right away. And I can't wait for the new album to come out. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this edition of KGUP Presents. To support Jaguar Jones, please click the links inside the description. And if you have it in your means to support this amazing artist, please purchase her music and merchandise. From all of us at KGUP Presents, be safe and we'll see you next time. This is Mikey J. I'm out. Talk, tick. It's only a mind to hurt you when we're.